0: I love uh, what Chad said. I got to, a little bit of it between running around and um, engaging with, with, our, with our little, little boy, um, Chris. <clears throat> Romans 8:28. For the first time, it was awesome to really see it in light of. Oftentimes, we want to take that scripture when we're going through a tough time and we want to see that tough thing turn around for our good so that we can benefit from that. And it was awesome to just... Uh, and that's amazing with God's Word and being open and, and being teachable in, in the Word of God is there's always something new for us to receive. doesn't matter what scripture, doesn't matter what verse it is in the Bible, John 3 verse 16, until the return of Christ, we're always going to receive something from it. The Holy Spirit can always use that verse and administer to us from that. So I love the fact that God wants to turn around things for the good of His kingdom. And uh, when we have that approach, man, we can go through tra- troubling times. We can go through difficult times and rejoice knowing and trusting that this situation will be turned around for the good of God's kingdom. And uh, uh, and it will be a joy for us to endure, to persevere um, those things that we might be struggling with or challenged with. So I've got the privilege to get into Philippians chapter 2 with you guys. So uh, I'm going to open up in Philippians 2 verse 1. From the passion translation it says look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one you are full to overflowing with his comforting love you have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy verse 2 so I'm asking you my friends that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart one passion and united in one love Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Man, this is awesome. So, uh, Chad laid an awesome foundation for us, and last night with Shane as well, talking about the book of Philippians, the letter of Philippians, and who it is written to, and the purpose of that. And for us as a church to really take this weekend as an opportunity to be stretched, so to speak, right? Um, to, To grow, to mature into more of what God's got for us. Amen. And some maturity is going to take some change. If you want to see different results, you have to do things differently. And so if we want to see more of a manifestation of God's glory, of His power here on earth, we're going to have to choose to do things differently, to adjust certain things. And uh, all of us are going to get opportunity through the words that we're receiving throughout this weekend to adjust things, to adjust things in our hearts, to adjust things in how we purpose, how we make decisions. And by doing so, we're going to see growth. We're going to see a greater level of maturity within the body of Christ, within the family of grace life. Amen. Amen. So I want to zone in quickly here on Paul is making this statement and he's talking about one harmonious purpose. Everything that has been created has been created for purpose, right? Everything that exists has got a purpose. And Paul is talking about one harmonious purpose. What is our purpose? in life what is our purpose as god's children but more so the rest of the world what is the world's purpose the world's purpose to come to know they created their father the one who created them the one who designed them and they were designed we were designed to have god's spirit live in us and to enjoy a fellowship that is unbroken to enjoy an intimacy that is everlasting And that's God's desire for us. So Paul is talking about this one harmonious purpose. And he's writing to the church and he's encouraging them that this is something when we walk in this, when we choose this, then his heart will be filled with unbounded joy. That is profound. Paul was a pretty happy guy, right? We see throughout this letter, there's, there's happiness, there's joy. But he's making a statement here about unbounded joy. Joy that is complete make me truly happy some translations say make full my joy how is that going to come about what is this linked to this statement is linked to walking together with one harmonious purpose one mind one heart and we're going to talk about this purpose and just uh, color it in a little bit more in a, in a second but paul expresses the same importance in the letter of the church uh, of Ephesus, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 to 3. And I'm going to look at the King James and then the NLT. It says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, Highlight the word endeavouring. We're going to focus in on that a little bit. The NLT says it like this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love. Highlight. Because of your love. Verse 3. Make every effort. So here the word uh, King James uses endeavouring to keep. Verse 3 in the NLT says. Make every effort. To keep ourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. How often do you make every effort to keep this thing the main thing? How well are you doing with regards to this area of making every effort, endeavoring, making it your primary goal to keep this thing the main thing, the unity that we have in the Spirit? Not a rhetorical question. I'm pausing so you can think about this. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir. choir um, um, the, those people you who invited who didn't come, they need to obviously hear this word. Right? None of us. Like We're we just here to fill a seed or to warm a seed. No, God is wanting to do something and shift certain things in our hearts because maybe you have made every effort up until this point and you're doing great and you're seeing amazing fruitfulness. But you're going to get opportunities. To make things, main things, that is not written within the book of the Bible, within God's instruction. And so this is a word for you for your future opportunities of being distracted about other things. That's not the main thing. Other things that will prevent us from enjoying the unity that we share in the Spirit. Now, why is this important to Paul? Why is this so important to him that... When they keep this thing, the main thing, he will overflow with unbounded joy. Why is it so important to him? Because it's important to God. Now the question is, why is it important to God? Let's get into it. We need to understand, and all campuses have been looking at this the the, the theme, as we've called it, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit and looking at the, the Holy Spirit within the body of Christ and and God's desire with His Holy Spirit being poured out through, through Jesus' death, resurrection, and everything that He accomplished with that. And this is something that, that God desires for us to come to understand. And He says, where was I? So the question, why is it important to God? Because the unity we share in the Spirit is the very key we need to succeed as the body of Christ here on earth. I'm going to say that again. The unity we share in the Spirit, the power that lies behind that unity and coming in alignment with this truth, with this reality, is the very key we need to succeed as the body of Christ here on earth. I'm going to, I'm going to labor this point a little bit more as we're going because some of you aren't finding it exciting enough. But let's look at Philippians 2 verse 3 to 4 and he says, Paul is going on and he's he's listing some things that would potentially prevent you from walking in this unity. Prevent you from enjoying this unity and keeping this unity as the main thing. There's a lot of things that we can be focused in as Christians, right? There's a lot of things in the Bible. There's a lot of topics. There's a lot of themes, so to speak. But all of those themes are puzzle pieces. And guess what? A puzzle piece is only a piece of the greater puzzle. The puzzle in its entirety and its fullness is God's spirit in man and God's spirit living through man and the unity that we get to share as a body of Christ. And if you take a puzzle piece out of that puzzle and you try and go and make a new puzzle of that piece, you are walking in error. And we don't want to go there. We want the puzzle pieces that we find within the Bible to fit within God's picture, God's design, God's desire for us, because there lies greater fruitfulness, not in what we want, not in what we think. And so Paul goes on in verse three and four, and he's listing some of these things that could prevent us from going down those tangents, making main things that were never intended to be main things, making little puzzle pieces to become a greater puzzle piece and just walking in that error. In verse 3 and 4 it says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. What unity? The unity that we share in the Spirit. Something that is sealed. Something that is a reality. Now guess what? That reality, you might not be experiencing it. There's a lot of things that we see within the Word of God that we aren't necessarily all experiencing. But it doesn't change the truth and reality of that that has been made available. And so he's talking about this will harm our cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion. He's talking about pride-filled opinions. Self-promotion to hide in your heart. But an authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. These are all attributes. Pride-filled opinions. Self-promotion. Uh, Viewing yourself more important than others. Selfishness. Looking at your own interests. All of these attributes will distract us from having a single purpose. A single mind. Enjoying the unity that God created for us in the Spirit. These are the things that we are going to, as a body of Christ, as individual sons and daughters of God. These are things that we are going to continually need to refrain from. As we embark on this journey of discovering truth because we're going to always have opportunity to have an opinion and generally speaking that opinion is focused on self thinking that you're the best thing since sliced bread I don't know it all everything that I'm going to be sharing with you guys I know what I know right now, and I'm ministering as I feel led by the Spirit of God on these specific points, and and I trust that, like I'm 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 representing Christ well this this morning. But maybe five years from now, I'm gonna view things a little bit differently, and that shouldn't scare us, because praise God, the only we're gonna have to see change within the body of Christ. If we're going to see the full manifestation of glory as depicted in the Bible. We're going to have to see change in things. Things aren't going to... It can't stay the same. Because the same isn't bringing in the glory that we see in the Bible. And so we need to allow ourselves to see things differently. To not allow pride to prevent us from growing. From embracing new things. New views on the Word. And when we're talking about new in Hebrews 13, verse 8 and 9, it's talking about uh, strange doctrines. The strange doctrines is linked to... Let's go there quickly because uh, otherwise I'm going to mess it up. (laughs) Hebrews 13. So verse 9, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meat meats which have not, not profited them that have been occupied therein. So now verse 9 is talking about strange doctrines. Do not be carried about with strange doctrines. So what makes something strange? I'm glad you asked. Verse 8 says what makes something strange. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The puzzle piece is not changing, or the puzzle's not changing. The pieces aren't changing. We need to see the puzzle piece. If the puzzle piece doesn't point to Jesus Christ being the same, God's will being the same from the beginning of time, we're missing the puzzle piece. We're putting it in a place that it does not belong. And so it always needs to point to this one thing. Jesus Christ is the same. God's desire being the same from the beginning of time. Adam and Eve choose life, the tree of life. Choose me. That's God's desire for the world. And everything in the Bible points to this. And our pride-filled opinions, cultures, traditions, how we've been brought up, men and women of God that we've come to honor, come to praise. Pause. It's good to praise those who are laboring for the Lord. It's good to honor those who are laboring for the Lord. It's good to honor one another. But we need to pause and stop at times and ask ourselves, is this honoring, is this praising? going above and putting someone in a place of honour that Christ didn't call them to be honoured in. Meaning, basically, are you allowing your view of that person, the view of that ministry, to blind you from receiving a truth that they might have not come to discover yet? We need to ask ourselves these questions, because no man or woman of God, no ministry On earth has yet come to the full revelation and realization of what Jesus came to do for us. If it would have been so, there would be no sick person in this room, no lacking person in this room, no person in this room having any form of sadness. In the book of Philippians, Paul is preaching under severe circumstances and persecution, yet we don't find any elements of sadness of unhappiness about his circumstances. Why? Because he realized something and he's communicating that to us as a body of Christ. And we need to open our hearts to see, to, to experience what he tried to communicate to the church of Philippi. And as we come to know this and as we come to embrace this, this unity that we share in the spirit and we don't allow prideful opinion, self-promotion, viewing ourselves more important than others, all of these things as we As we put these things aside and we cast them aside, man, can God come and work on our hearts. Philippians 2, verse 5 carries on, and it's it's expressing and it's communicating this perfect example of Jesus, and now we walk this out for us. And Jesus, verse 5, and consider the example that Jesus' anointed one has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Let his focus become your motivation. Let his heart, let, let what he viewed become your motivation. What did he view? What was his mindset? We're going to look at some of those things in, in the following verses, but I love Hebrews 12, verse one and two, talking about looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He set a joy before him. What was that joy? That He would be raised from the dead? What was that joy? Was it so He could be in heaven again with His Father? The joy is right here in every seat here this morning. It's you and it's me. It's the world out there that has not yet come to know the love of Christ. That we get to show them the love of Christ. Represent Jesus to them so they can also receive the light. And the glory of God living inside of them, that is the joy that Jesus looked forward to and enabled them to endure, to push through. Let this mindset, the joy of others, the joy of the world, a broken world, a world that does not know the love of Christ. let the joy the, the privilege that we have as God's sons and daughters, it is a privilege. man in some countries it's not a privilege for the all. The right isn't a right as it is in South Africa currently. We can, in a public venue, talk about the name of Christ, worship, phrases, receive the word, open up our Bibles freely. You can walk out onto the street and freely preach the gospel without any real form of severe persecution. In some countries you cannot. Now the question is this. Why are we taking for granted... The thing that God desires for us, the thing that you were created for, you were designed for. To ooze out the love of Christ, the glory of God, the power of God through your life. We are taking something for granted and we are hurting ourselves by doing it, so to speak. You are selling yourself short. The things that you are currently struggling with. Like Paul said, oh, uh, Chad comes uh, close to Paul, I'm sure, and uh, in everything that he does. Uh, like Chad was saying, Romans eight twenty eight. man, oftentimes we just become distracted by some of the things that we challenge with, the, the hardships that we're going through, and we forget about the privilege and the honor that we have, that it doesn't matter whether I've got a job, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, it doesn't matter whether I'm feeling well, whether I'm not feeling well nothing changes the fact that we can physically speak out and minister the gospel of christ to someone wherever we're going in whatever environment that we find ourselves in this is a privilege and our honor Amen. and man start start imagining shane talked about this last night in ukraine the fact that people can't use their phones anymore to read their bibles on that's a privilege the yes. fact that you've got Translations upon translations, just at the freedom of your fingertips. Sure. Now imagine you living in a country like China or some of those countries where Christianity is harshly being persecuted. Imagine yourself being there, not with confidence, with openness, being able to utter the name of Jesus and communicating the gospel to, to people. We need to see ourselves. Picture yourself there. Because that's a sad place, a sad reality. Now, the awesome thing is that the believers there are living a lot of times more fruitful than the believers here, where it's just freedom all the way. And it's because we become comfortable, we become passive, complacent in the things that God has put inside of us. And that's why we're here. Amen. I always uh, <clears throat> a phrase that we've we've kind of coined out at Tiger Campus is a good word, is a challenging word. challenging word. A good word is a challenging word. We want the word of God to challenge us because remember, until we are enjoying the fullness and our minds and our bodies and everything has been renewed, there's going to be growth opportunities. At least for me, there's going to be growth opportunities. And the only way to grow is to be challenged, to be stretched, to do things differently. So let's carry on. So Jesus, and it says, verse 6, he existed in the form of God. Yet he gave no thought of seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Man, heaven's going to be awesome, right? I know it's going to be awesome because God created it. But Jesus didn't grasp that thing that so many believers are hoping for one day. Man, in heaven it's going to be awesome. I wish we could be in heaven so that this and that and the next thing. <laughs> Jesus didn't hold to that thing as his supreme prize because he looked to you and me. The world that does not yet know the love of Christ. He looked to us and his desire to reach us, to minister to us. And we get to, as his sons and daughters, be part of that plan of God, making that a reality. Imagine this. We get to make God's dream come true. We get to, each one of us, on a daily basis, get to make the dream of God become a reality. God has set us up for success. We just need to come to the party. Reminds me of the prodigal son, the, the oldest son that stayed at home. Man, he was missing out on a party. The table was laid. The party was happening. But he didn't, he didn't want to come to the party. The Spirit of God inside of you is the party. Amen. Come to the party, come to realize, come to heal to the party. Sit at the table, allow the spirit to minister to you, rub off on you, so that there's an overflow in your life. Verse 7, instead he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human, he humbled himself and became vulnerable. Choosing to be revealed as man and was obedient. He was perfect example Even in his death the criminals death by crucifixion because of that obedience God exalted him and multiplied his greatness He was now being given the greatest of all names We need to empty ourselves as Jesus emptied himself we need to empty ourselves from what the carnal world deems to be glorious even what Christianity at large has deemed glorious. We need to empty ourselves of those things that the world and Christianity in its carnality has deemed as glorious. Because it's in that outpouring, it's in that emptying ourselves, we are able to experience the fullness of what God put inside of us, the Spirit of God Almighty. God's Glory does not come from without, but from within. And we all have access of this. Now it talks about humility and vulnerability. And these are counter forces to the pride and arrogance that we see in the previous verses. Humility and vulnerability is a counter force for you. To not be caught up in those things that we see in the previous verses. Self-promotion pride thinking of yourself better than others opinions ask yourself this question how humble and vulnerable are you in your work in your walk with god in your walk with the believers in your community how humble and vulnerable are you among one another because Paul is writing to a church community. He's not writing to an individual, he's writing to a family. And for us to experience more of this unity, more of this, this power, this purpose, walking in that with passion, we're going to have to come to a, a place of humility and vulnerability that the church of God has never come to see yet. I know it's not exciting words. Humility and vulnerability. I know it's not so exciting. It's not as cool as power and passion and like, things like that. It's very subtle. It's very gentle. Mm-hmm. But it is so powerful when we choose to clothe ourselves with humility, mm-hmm. with vulnerability, knowing whose we are, not being defined by this world, what this world is saying about you, not being defined about your cultures, your traditions, but being defined by God Almighty through His Word and who you've become by receiving the Spirit of God living inside of you. When we choose to operate from these Christ-like attributes, humility, vulnerability, emptying out ourselves, being selfless, it will be easier for us to walk in the unity of the Spirit that Paul is writing about and saying that, do this and you will give me unbounded joy. I'll experience a joy that is complete, a joy that is fulfilled when you, as the body of Christ, the children of God, come to value the one thing that we all have in common, the one thing that we all need to come to realize that we've got, that we share, and magnifying that above all else, that will usher in a greater degree of glory and power that God desires for His church to walk in. Now in verse 9, I know all of you got very excited when we read read verse 9. Because of that obedience. Obedience, by the way, is not a sin or a cuss word. Say obey with me quickly. Obey. 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 Another word for obey is surrender or yield. Surrender, yield, Obey. How did we get to a place where we thought that it won't be needed for us to obey, to surrender, to yield, to see the manifest glory of God here on earth? How did we as a church get to a place, every one of you sitting here this morning, I can obey more, I can yield more, I can surrender more. I'm I'm acknowledging that. We need to start there and then allow God. Romans 12 I love I think it's a passion translation talks about the living sacrifices being living sacrifices surrendering obeying yielding to is in response to the love of Christ in response to seeing the love the desire of God for your life but how did we get to a place as the body of Christ where we thought that it's not going to be needed for us to obey to surrender, to yield. When Jesus, the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, chose to obey. I'm going to pause there for a moment. Thank you, Father, just for your Holy Spirit, just ministering love and such acceptance to every person online, every person in this room. Thank you, Jesus. That obedience, surrender, healing will become such a part of our lives as your children. Because we require The world requires for the church of God, the children of God, to enter into greater levels of obedience, greater dimensions of yielding and submitting, surrendering to your spirit. Because that's the only way that we're going to see this manifest glory of God, the power of God radically manifested on this earth by yielding to, obeying, surrendering And we choose this, Father, not because we have to, not because you're forcing us to. But, Father, we choose this because we know that this is the best way, this is the only way that we're going to experience life in all its fullness. Because you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. But that Spirit wants to come out, it wants to be manifested. Through passion, in ways of power that you've never seen before. And it is gonna require, you cannot sidestep this, it is gonna require your obedience, your surrender, your yielding to, for that to come to pass. And we choose this in our hearts this morning, Father, that you convict us of this reality, of this truth, as we walk out of these rooms, out of these doors today, into the rest of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In closing, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. From Message Translation says, What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Again, this energy, this power, we've got it. You've got the power. You've got everything that you need to live a life of godliness. You've got it. You need to realize that you've got this. You've got what it needs, or you, you, you've got what the, the, the situation needs. Every situation, every need that you're going to come to face, you've got the answer on the inside of you. It's God's Spirit. And that spirit is energy. That spirit is passion. That's one of the things that we're looking at in this conference is passion. The Holy Spirit in you is the passion that you need to go and live out Christ in your world, in your sphere. But it's going to require, like I said, responsive obedience. Responsive obedience. Paul is writing, he says, keep it up. I saw this in you guys when I was with you, but now with my, my separation, my absence, keep this up. Redouble your efforts. Don't back down. Why is he encouraging to not back down? Because it's easy to forget. Continually throughout the, throughout the Bible, we see instruction to remember. Remember. Don't forget. Put things in front of you. Shane, we talked about the, the prayer list, the hit list last night. Why do we have a hit list? Why do we have names on a piece of paper? To remind us. Let's remember what we've got. Let's remind ourselves of the energy of our salvation. Man, your salvation wasn't just a ticket to heaven. Your salvation is God's spirit living in you. Man, I don't want to live a mediocre, superficial Christian life. I want to live a life filled with passion, with power and purpose. Regardless of my circumstances, regardless of how much money I've got in my bank account, regardless of how well I feel physically. I don't want those variables to determine my fruitfulness as a Christian. Because it didn't affect Paul and so many others. And we see examples in the Bible that we see examples right now on earth who's gone before us even. Verse 14 and 16 from the Passion says, Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. I haven't labored among you for nothing, For your lives are the fruit of my ministry and will be my glorious boast at the unveiling of Christ. Now when we read verse 15 talking about even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. We often think about all of the sin that is going on in the world. And yes it is talking about that. But I believe it's also talking about what we've all been reading about already this morning. A culture of opinionated Christians. None of us, right? (laughs) No one here. Now I've got my opinions every now and then. But I pray and I trust that I'll become less and less opinionated. And be more humble to the things that God deems as glorious. I have not arrived but I'm choosing to leave you need to choose to leave so that you can go to point B to point C from one degree of glory to another degree of glory the glory of God is living on the inside of us but that glory can be manifest more and more and more as we choose to heal to surrender Do not conform to the patterns of this world. I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about Mm self-promotion. I'm talking about these things that we see in the starting of this chapter. Thinking of yourself higher and more valuable than those around you. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. Offering them the words of eternal life This is God's desire for us to shine forth his light and his glory and We're going to prevent this from happening When we are prideful self-centered unyielding to the Spirit of God unresponsive to God's Spirit is leading and ignorant of the power of that lies within the unity that we share because of having one Spirit. The Spirit of God Almighty. God has one purpose. Everything in the Bible points to the availability, the possibility of that one thing. His Spirit in us. His Spirit through us. One thing. One puzzle. Every puzzle piece fits within that one purpose. To know Him and make Him known. His Spirit in us is now the fuel, the passion to make this come to pass for as many as possible. Paul was a passionate guy. He had a fuel and that fuel was the Holy Spirit. But he chose to yield to that. He chose to come under that. That is what surrender means. It's coming under, submitting to. We cannot do this alone. We are in it together. God's Spirit in us, but also God's Spirit among us. We are better together. We are stronger together. The power of us coming together lies in all of us coming to realize how the oneness we share in the Spirit is the most valuable thing we have as a family. And I know it, it, it sounds maybe cliche and it sounds like, Man, I was was, was hoping for something a little bit more exciting. That's why we're living in mediocrity, because we are carnal. We are deeming glorious that which the world has told us to be glorious. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote more than any other books in the New Testament, who had a revelation of Christ without walking with Christ. He had a revelation of the gospel without ever hearing Jesus preach the gospel man to man, face to face. This guy wrote to a church and said, You fulfill my joy, complete my joy. Bring me unbounded joy by what? Walking in one harmonious purpose. Keeping the unity that you share in the Spirit and making God's desire come to pass. Forget about all other things. One thing. God's Word in man, God's Word through man. This is God's desire for the world. This is God's desire for us to become passionate in this one thing, to live purposeful on this one thing. And we'll see a power manifest that we've never seen before. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Right now, just only spirit that you're sealing. This word cementing it in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Just choose right now, the Holy Spirit wants to minister specific things to you about your life. Things that you've maybe picked up, things that you are carrying that you are not called to carry. You are laboring in a way that God did not create you to labor in. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, shackles are falling off. I'm not talking about uh, deliverance of, of, of sicknesses or things like that. I'm talking about laboring in a way and valuing things as a Christian, as a child of God, that Jesus did not call you to labor in. Surrender. We're cho- choosing surrender and obedience to your spur and your leading right now, Father. And as we surrender, as we give up, as we give over, as we empty ourselves, Father, Amen. you are just pouring in greater revelation. Greater understanding of our oneness that we share with you and our oneness that we share with one another. Right now, as we're just praying in the spirit as well, I'm just inviting you, just let's pray for our hit lists. If you know your hit list, if you know your five or, or however many names that's on your hit list, then bring it to remembrance. Take out your hit list card. As you're sitting there, just just speak those names out. Just pray over them in the spirit. Thank you, Father. We pray. Against spiritual blindness. We pray against hearts that have become hardened because of the distorted picture that they've come to see of a holy, loving God. Thank you, Jesus, that hearts will become softened. And thank you, Jesus, that laborers will go out to minister love, to minister and be ambassadors, represent you as a loving Father who desires to seek and save the lost. In Jesus' name, every name that is being recalled right now, recall the name, utter it out in Jesus' name. Every name. Thank you, Jesus. Every child, every daughter who has not come to know you yet, we are praying, Father, as we're calling their names out. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for whatever role we are playing in their salvation and coming to know you. We will step into that role. We will obey your Holy Spirit and step into that role in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Jesus. Thank Thank you, Jesus. a Thank you, Thank